Hello and welcome to A Value View from the Merchants Trust. Each month, Simon Gurgle, fund manager at the Merchants Trust, offers his thoughts on developments affecting the UK market and what it means for investors. In this podcast, we'll talk about the 130th anniversary of the Trust, how it all began in 1889 and how the merchants of yesterday is a very different trust to the one of today. Simon, first of all, welcome. Thank you. So uh, congratulations to everyone at Merchants on the Trust's 130th anniversary. The Trust really has gone through some spectacular and fascinating events over the period. I guess, first off, talk us through some of that. How did it all begin? Well, it all started in 1889 when Robert Benson, who was known as Robin to his friends, uh, set up the trust. He was the chairman of, of Benson's and he was chairman of the trust for the first 40 years of his existence. And he set it up as a collective vehicle to invest on behalf of shareholders in, in, in um, investments around the world. And, and officially, originally it was set up primarily to finance railroad investments in the States because clearly there was a massive investment boom going on in, in America. But even from the word go, it was a diversified trust. So it was set up, it, it not only held investments in America, but it held investments elsewhere in the world and in different sectors. So they were a shareholder very early on in the Castle Main Brewery in New South Wales in Australia. A very sensible investment. Well, yes, I don't know if they went on any field trips in those days, but they may well have done. And the kind of investor that uh, Robert was, um, what do you think drove him? I think we have to sort of try and get ourselves back into the mindset in the uh, 19th century and um, collective in vehicle, vehicles with limited liability, i.e. public companies, were relatively new ideas in terms of being investment vehicles for shareholders. If you go back 30 years before that, really people had to take on unlimited liability if they invested in, in many cases. So I think it was, quite a, it was quite a pioneering time in many ways in financial services. And there were a number of trusts launched in, at a similar time. And I think they were taking advantage of that, of that demand. And there was, a, there was a, a need for people to have their savings managed uh, more professionally and, and in a diversified way. So, Simon, why was the trust actually set up in the first place? Whom was it designed to benefit? It was designed, actually, for the everyday person to, as, a, as a vehicle for them to save. And it's remarkable that that is still the prime purpose of Merchants Trust. And we're seeing, actually, a resurgence in individual shareholders coming onto the shareholder register rather than people who have their wealth managed for them um, by third parties. So it's quite interesting. Perhaps we're going full circle from the days when it was first set up for individuals to now seeing many more individuals building their, their position on the share register. So a relatively innovative new product. What were ultimately investors seeking then in Victorian times in 1889? Is it largely the same as investors are seeking now? Yes, it's remarkable how similar the objectives were then to now. It was to deliver a high income and to deliver a good, good total return over time. But the income was extremely port, important in those days, as it is today. And so there's a lot of focus when you read the early material about delivering a certain level of dividend and a certain level of income to investors. And as we are today, we're very focused on delivering a high and rising income to, to our shareholders. So the trust has gone through many major political and economic events, Simon, two world wars, the Wall Street crash, the Great Depression. Um, how did these affect the trust and what, what lessons were learned? Well, I think it's, it's remarkable when you look back at the history of what, what, what the trust has been through, and it does put dif difficulties into context. So, yes, the trust has been through some very difficult times, but one of the great things about investment trusts is you have a 
board of directors. You have a management team that can reposition and, and adapt over time. And the diversity, diversification of the trust has always been a key feature so that the exposure to any one particular area or one, one particular industry has been diversified and that limits the, the risk in certain situations. But clearly, if you go to the Wall Street crash in the late in, in the 1930s um, and, and the Great Depression, it had a significant impact on the value of people's investments over time. But over but then in the subsequent years, people got it, the trust did recover and the uh, market values came back through. So I think one of the lessons that we've seen and I've certainly seen it just before I took over in, in the early 2000s, but even through the great financial, the financial crisis in 2008-2009, if you hold your nerve in the market, if you stay focused on long-term fundamentals, then over time, generally, markets recover. And um, the, the, the key thing is to keep your nerve and to keep your focus when times are bad, keep your focus on the fundamentals of businesses you're investing in. And you can it can be very rewarding in the long term for shareholders. And you certainly would have needed some nerve during the Wall Street crash and the depression that followed afterwards. Yes, I mean, times were, were obviously extremely difficult in those periods. And uh, for, for several years, shareholders would have been underwater in terms of values. But uh, ultimately, it's been a, it's been a rewarding period subsequent to, to that. Now, you mentioned your own involvement in the early 2000s. I think it was 2006 that you came on board and took on the reins of the trust. Uh, talk us through that. Talk us through your involvement and how you see the trust performing now. Yes, well, I'm very privileged to have been the manager of the trust for the last 13 years, so for a tenth of its life now, uh, which is quite remarkable, really. Um but it's been when I came in in on 20, 2006 was just before the financial crisis. So it's we had a bit of a rude shock in 2008, 2009 with the financial crisis. Um, we worked very closely with the board through that period to maintain the focus on the long term fundamentals of the companies we were investing in. We remained fully invested in the market so we didn't panic the board. The board were very sensible in keeping the portfolio fully invested so that we took full advantage of the recovery, which has been quite extraordinary in the last decade. Uh, it's almost exactly a year, 10 years since the trough of the market in March 2009. And returns to investors have been very substantial, both in terms of dividend, but also in terms of total capital return as well. And the trust, as it was originally, is a very different uh, beast to the one of today, whereas before there were investments in the United States, in Australia, as you mentioned, in Africa, of course, the focus now is different. Talk us through a little of that. Yes, the focus today and for, for many years has been 100% in UK equities. So we only invest in UK companies. No more railroads. Well, <laughs> the, the, the thing about the UK stock market is it's extremely diversified. So about two thirds to three quarters of the sales and profits of UK businesses come from abroad. Um, so it remains extremely international and diversified, although all the companies are in, quote, in the UK. The advantage of that is you get one of the best stewardship and governance environments in the world and the legislative framework for UK investors is, is very strong. So you get the protection of an uh, independent board of uh, directors, you get the protection of UK uh, governance and, and legal system, but you get exposure to markets around the world. So I think it's a, it's a good combination. One other thing that might be worth mentioning is when we look at governance around the world, and it's quite interesting because Allianz Global Investors, the manager of the, of the Merchants Trust, we invest elsewhere in companies all around the world. 
and we vote at resolutions and AGMs of companies everywhere in the world. Actually, the country where we vote in favour of the management the most or in favour of the board resolutions is the UK. Last year, in 2018, we voted against 6% of the resolutions in the UK, whereas we voted against 24% of all resolutions globally, which gives you some idea that the standards of governance and stewardship in the UK are, we think, better than elsewhere in the world. Oh, that's interesting. So the voting pattern that you described there, Simon, is an expression of how well you think some of those decisions that the companies you're invested in are being taken. And you're, you're quite active in that respect. We're extremely active in, in governance and engagement. Uh, in the, within the Merchants Trust portfolio, we engage with half of the companies in the last financial year. And we vote in every, at every single AGM. And we do that around the world, actually, for our other, our other clients. But it's interesting, as you say, to compare the uh, frequency with which we have to vote against management and hold them to account. In the UK tends to be... That that's the least, the least in the UK, i.e. the standards in the UK tend to be higher and, and stronger, uh, which is a remarkable uh, testament to the UK framework, actually. Now, as you mentioned already, 13 years at the helm of the Merchants Trust. What drives you, Simon? What, what, what gets you up in the morning when you're thinking about the, the, the trust and the responsibilities that you have? There's a great challenge trying to find the next great investment and trying to First, firstly, to make sure the investments you've got are still appropriate for the trust, to, but to take advantage of the opportunities in the market. We see more volatility today in the market than we've seen for a number of years, actually. And therefore, you have to be able to identify where the market is noisy, where there are opportunities and the fundamental, where the fundamentals of companies differ from the valuation in the stock market and try and take advantage of that without getting carried away in the sentiment, which is often driving markets. So, yeah, coming in in the morning, there's lots and lots of interesting companies to look at, um, accounts to read, management teams to meet and challenge. Um, it's a very rewarding and exciting job to, to do. And uh, you've managed to hold on to the Trust's impressive record of 36 years of consecutive dividend growth and strong yield. Uh, that's quite an achievement. How have you managed to do that, given all of the economic storms you've had to face in that time? Yeah, that's a really good question, because obviously going into the financial crisis, there were a number of dividend cuts in some of the big companies in the UK. In fact, across the market, the overall dividend level came down and we had to manage our way through that. What the One of the great advantages of investment trusts is you build up reserves. So you put money aside in the good times to tide you through in the difficult period. And merchants did that very effectively. The board of directors put a lot of money away in 2007, 2008, which they had to dip into in 2010, 2011 to keep growing the dividend every year. And since then, subsequently, we've rebuilt the earnings of the company as dividend growth has returned in the market and our portfolio. And we're now at a stage where the earnings are comfortably covering the dividends. And once again, the directors are putting away money into reserves should there be another need to draw on those reserves in the future. So that's, that's one aspect. The other aspect is to maintain a diversified portfolio of companies, of good, solid businesses that can generally... Uh, continue to pay and, and hopefully grow their dividends. So we're quite focused on that as well. Simon, we're out of time. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening to A Value View from the Merchants Trust, where each quarter we bring you topical news affecting UK equity markets. And you can find out more about the Merchants Trust by going to merchantstrust.co.uk. Merchants Trust.